Welcome to a special episode today, guys. Today is just me. It's me by myself. You guys are going to come and dive into my own mind, the way I think, who I am, how I got into podcasting, consciousness, what keeps me up at night, and things like that. So enjoy this episode with just me, Colin Weirs. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I don't know what episode this is, but it's just me today. Um, I realize that I don't really need a guest all the time. Uh, I do want to because um, this is the way the show is designed and everything. But, you know, I realize that you guys don't really know who I am or know what I deal with in my own head. I always say, like, give little little snippets into my life. So today we're going to do however long of an episode I do, but it's just going to be me talking to myself basically, but to you guys. Um, start off, my name is Colin uh, Weirs. So my name's not Colin Amans. My name is Colin Weirs. Um, I'm born and raised in Henderson, Nevada, which is right outside Las Vegas. If you guys are from here, you understand what I'm talking about. If you guys are my friends from Oregon, fuck you guys because you always flame me because I'm not from Vegas, but I say I am. Um, Yeah, I'm born and raised in Henderson, Nevada. To Karen and Bob Weirs, I have one sister. Um, her name's Callie Weirs, and I have basically a brother. His name's Dion Massey Johnson. He's lived with me since eighth grade. And so, growing up, I'll give you a little snippet of how I started the podcast and why. I kind of got into it and everything like that. Growing up, I was always really creative. I was always creating different things like music. Um, I learned how to play the piano pretty young. I'm not like spectacular at it, but I can play the piano pretty decently. Um, I, my grandma is a musician. My uncle's a musician on my mom's side. And my sister can play the piano a little bit. My, my uncle's whole family can sing. So I just grew up singing. I would sing in choir at church and things like that. And I would play instruments. I would play the viola in orchestra. I played guitar and jazz band in middle school and a little bit in high school. But, you know, music was always something that like fed my soul, but not in the way sports did. So I got really big into soccer when I was little. Um, played soccer ever since I was five. I started with karate. I started with karate, but my parents kept telling me that I would always ask for soccer. And so they put me in soccer, me and my sister in soccer at the age of five. My sister was eight and we started playing soccer, H-O-I-S, which was like the, the little kid league. Um, fast forward, I start playing club soccer with Eric Byington uh, for a club called Premier. My sister's on the three-year-older girl team. Uh, I get really into club soccer and then I go to high school. Okay, so if all you guys know, I'm a punter in college right now. I wasn't always a kicker. Obviously, I played soccer. I went to soccer and I played on varsity as a freshman at a school called Basic High School in Henderson, Nevada. They were dog shit. We we were dog shit. They've always been dog shit. I don't know how they are now or how they were before, but they were bad. And I think I was one, if not the leading scorer as a freshman. And I was getting tired of losing. We lost every single game. Eighth grade year, basketball was the exact same way. We lost every single game but one, right? And so I start playing. I really start getting into basketball more and volleyball um, in high school. And a bunch of my friends play football. And like, bro, just come play JV football. Um, we need a kicker, right? We need a kicker. Come play football. And so I go ahead and I go and play football or try out. First day there, I'm there. It's like they're figuring out positions. We're running routes and stuff like that. Didn't really have a knack for it. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
and Nolan Cohorst, who is our coach there, who was the coach there, who kicked for UNLV, graduated, and he was becoming a coach. He still is my coach. Uh, so anyone want to kick? And I went out with him and a couple other guys and the varsity kicker, Montana Gomez. Shout out to him. He's a big influence on my life. And we kicked. We kicked footballs. And I was pretty decent at it because of my soccer background. And basically ever since then, it was history. I played on JV. I was playing corner and kicking, but I really was more of a kicker. Got moved to varsity um, halfway to the end of that year. Kicked my first extra point for Trace Evans, my homie's first uh, rushing touchdown. That was awesome. And then I played varsity football my whole career, and I quit basketball and volleyball by my senior year for sure. Um, and by that point, football was like it for me. You know, uh, I didn't really have anything else that I was super passionate about. At that same time when I was getting really into football, music came back in my life. I don't know if you guys know him. He's been on the show a couple of times with my good friends, Jake. Uh, he, his rap name is Avion. Um, he, we started making rapping in the car in his Hummer, his H3 Hummer. And we would rap. We'd put on a beat, put in the cup holder because he didn't have an aux cord. And we would rap. We would rap all day long, all day long. We'd rap in front of people, not in front of people. And, you know, accidentally or whatever you want to call it, we created a song called um we created a song called my truck now it's not out anymore i wish it was it's one of my it's one of my most proudest achievements in my life not because of what it did or even if it was good it but it, it got me it pushed me to put things that i do out in the world right it it got me to not be afraid to put things out into the world. You know, one of the big things that I, I feel like a, a lot of people have today is this fear when they're creative and they want to put things out is this fear of rejection from their peers. It's this fear of not wanting to be subjugated to the opinions of others, the lower opinions of others. And while that is a valid fear, because a lot of people have opinions on when you start creating things, it's not valid enough to not put your, your, yourself out in the world. You know, one of the things that I always say is, Life is not about living. There's nothing about life that has to do with other people. Life is a subjective experience. Life has nothing to do with other people and how they perceive you. Life is exactly what happens between your ears. And this is what I'm, that's why I wanted to do this today so I could show you guys what goes on between my ears. Um, you know, life is about doing things not only for yourself, but doing things for the people you love and doing things for you, you know, doing things that make you happy and make you a better person. It's not about how other people see you. And I truly believe, sorry, I don't want to have this on. I truly believe, truly, truly believe that if you put out something out into the world, even if it's dog shit when it starts, dog water if it starts, that it's better because it's out there and you're making the world a better place. As long as you're not hurting other people, please put out your stuff. But I digress. So that's why my truck was so influential in my life because it was the first time I let anything that I did creative be put out into the world. You know, before that, I, I would I would sing and things like that, but I and I would record it and I would write songs and I would make movies and I would and I had a YouTube channel when I was little. Very cringy. Don't look it up, please. It's one of my most cringy things I've ever did. And I had it. And I think that once I got older, it, that kind of the cringiness of who I was as a little kid and all this creativity that I had, it, 
it, it's t- made me step back for a second, made me stop putting things out into the world. Um, and so for a while, up until, like I said, uh, like 11th, 12th grade, when I got into football and I, we put out my truck, I was really like really standoffish against putting out music um, or anything creative in that, in that sense. And so, you know, we put out my truck and we start making more and more music, right? We made what I do. We made clay. We made forever. We made beware, but beware was later. Um, yeah. And we were making, we were making music, you know, we were making this, this, this music and it wasn't the greatest. I, I will listen to it today and I would never listen to that song, but it was so actually one of them I will alone. If you guys don't know that song, go check it out. I'll put it in the link in this video. Alone is still good, but you know, we, we were putting things out and we were having so much fun doing it. It was one of my favorite moments. It was one of my favorite things was going to the studio and making music with Jake and fast forward to high school. I mean, to college playing football, I'm getting really depressed because moving to a new place is really hard, let alone moving to a place where it's extremely sunny in Las Vegas and it's not extremely sunny in Oregon. It is, it is a madness of gray in Oregon. It is completely gray almost in Oregon. And so moving to a place like Oregon, you know, you get the seasonal depression, you miss your family, you miss your friends and you get this little depression. And then spring semester, I started making music with my friend Hayden Von Allman. He just dropped a song over 600 counts. SoundCloud, go check them out. But we start making music, right? We start making music and I was having so much fun with it again. I forgot how much, sorry, I'm drinking a, uh, not a seltzer. It's a, um, energy drink, but I, I forget how much I love it. Right. I forgot how much I loved making music and just putting out my creates, getting out that energy. There's nothing, if you guys are creative, you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing like the loss of time you get when you're making something creative, when you're doing something creative. Long form conversations is what I like to really do now. Sports are like that. Writing music, creating music, any form of creativity, creating art. I've talked to a lot of artists, even to an extent going on a spiritual journey, whether it be psychedelic or not, has some form of attachment of timelessness to it, right? And so when I started creating this music again in freshman year and in high school, I remembered how much I loved like being timeless. It's almost like that movie Soul when you're out of your body. You know, when you're, when you're in the, don't remember exactly what it was called, but when you're in that, you're out of time, you're timeless. And so now we go here. Okay. I, I tell people I fell into this because I did. I bought a mic to create music. That's why I gave you this background. I bought a mic to create music last summer during COVID and I bought that mic and I, I put it up, right? I put it up in my room back here. This isn't my room, but that one is. And I put it up in the corner and it broke. It didn't break, but it was messed up because it was loose from the chords. And it was really fucking loud. Like I would sing into it and I don't have that great of a singing voice anyways, but I would sing into it and it would be so loud and I, would, I got so mad. And so I sat down and I just started talking into my mic, right? And I talked for like 30 minutes before work and I posted it 
and called it what the fuck we're calling WTF with Colin one posted it to SoundCloud seven people listened to it maybe people were hating on it like hating on it I, I have like people were like they're like this is dog shit you know and sorry I say that a lot but they were like they were hating on it and I was you know I was okay with it because like I was having fun, you know, and around the fifth or fourth episode that I was doing, I called Jake and I talked to him on FaceTime like this. And so that video is still out there today. It's, it's, um, or it's not video. It's a, it's the audio. Sorry. Someone asked me to hop on their podcast in not too long, but the video's out there. And or not, the, sorry, again, the audio is out there and it's of me talking on the phone, right? We're talking on the phone and I did that for a couple episodes, four maybe. And then I talked to my mom with one mic. We had a good conversation and we just started talking. Then I found Podbean, shout out Podbean. And I bought a package and I was going live on Podbean. But the problem I was having was there was no video and there was no way to do it in, in person. And I wanted to do a lot of in-person podcasts. I still do. I still do. The problem is COVID and I don't have money to fly famous people out here or people who are respected on social media. And that's who I've been having on my podcast. I don't have the money for that. So eventually I do want to do in-person in podcasts with everybody, but I'm getting there. So there's no way to do in person. Every time I did it, there's this nasty echo. If you go back and listen to the Kenyon Harris episode, that's the one I did in person early and it was nasty. And so I was doing podcasts with people almost like it was a phone call. I would sit there and talk to someone on Podbean with no way of seeing them. And it was kind of cool because it was almost like you had to imagine what the other person was saying. And that's another reason why I think podcasting is a lot famous. Podcasting with video is one thing and it's way more engaging and I love Joe Rogan's podcast and I'm glad I'm doing this now with the video, but podcasting with no video, when two people are just talking, you have to imagine it, you know, and that's why Midnight Gospel is so influential, I think. And I think that Midnight Gospel is going to be the way the Midnight Gospel is, is formatted is going to be a way more thing. I want to get into it. I'm sure other creators do. It's creating an animated version of your podcast. Joe Rogan does it with his tunes, but it's, it's like a cartoon of them talking, you know? The way that Duncan Trussell through Midnight Gospel and through Clancy makes his podcast fit with a story, it's fantastic. It's one of the greatest ideas I've ever seen. It's, and it's because it, you, it's the creators use their imagination and they create this, this fantasy of what a podcast can be while still having an super deep conversation before podcasting got big people forget like people forgot how influential conversations were almost every single one of the greatest political systems in history definitely america uh the brits brits are they don't even have a written constitution all came from long form argument and discussion you know if we don't have this ability to free think then we don't have the ability to to like create a better world you know that's one thing about this whole cancel culture and hate speeches like yes there are hate speeches and things like that but if you don't have the ability to argue and say your own opinions that's so dangerous because you cannot grow into the being that you need to be or into the society that you need to have you know god it's thinking is so important 
you know, I'm sitting here talking basically to myself, but it's okay because I know people are going to listen to it and so it feels better, but I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking. And what I usually do is I sit here and I think and I talk with one person and we really dive deeper into, into talking. Listening is one of the most crucial skills that I did not have before starting this podcast. I think most people sit down when they're having a conversation with someone, maybe if they're even having a conversation with themselves and all they are is a ticking time bomb in their head waiting to say what they want to say next. You know, you can't do that if you have a podcast. You have to engage with that person. You have to really listen because it's not going to engage your audience if it's not going to engage you. People do not listen. People only care about themselves and what they're thinking. I think that is one of the most things we need. One of the things that people need to meditate most on is meditate about. We're all connected in a, in a web of socialness, right? I say this a lot. You're one person away from, if everyone knows 100 people, you're one person away from 100 people. You're two people away from 10,000 people and you're three people away from a million people. Okay. Hopefully that's the math. Hopefully I got it now. You're in a web of socialness. You're in a web of society. And just like your cells know, shout out LeBaron Agostini, just like your cells know that they're a part of something bigger. We all know that we're a part of something bigger. And if you only focus on yourself in that society, society will degenerate. Imagine how much better we would get and how much things would become better and how much arguments would be like the right people would have the right arguments. If every single person sat down and had a long form conversation with someone and really listened, really listened and listen to yourself. You know, I've started meditating again. And one of the things that meditation has taught me the most is that you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are a collection of what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've done, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, what your fears, your desires, all chaosing in something we call consciousness. But you are not your thoughts. You are the being. I thought about this when I was driving the other day. You are the collection of a bunch of living organisms trying to be the best, trying to work as, mo- as best as they can. That's all you are. You are a connection of the genetics of your forefathers and mothers, all accumulating into the best possible human in the 21st century, right? And all your cells are trying to do is keep you alive, keep themselves alive. We are not even ourselves. We might not even exist the way we think we exist. Our consciousness might not be as important for our lives than we think, like we think it does. Let me give you an example. You eat not because you want to eat. Yeah. Hear me out. You're going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? I know. You eat because you have to eat to survive. And I get that. And it tastes good. But it tastes good because you have to eat to survive. The reason sweets taste so good, the reason carbohydrates taste so good is because our forefathers and mothers it was so scarce for them to have that. So they, when they had it, they would eat it all, you know, to survive. But you don't like cake because you're predisposed to liking cake. You like cake because of the genetic accumulation that you've become, right? Now, we were talking about it with Liberian Agostini. Some people are predis- predis- predisposed to have alcohol addictions and things like that. But 
we we're born and we live and at some point we're going to become conscious and we believe that we all sit here and we believe that that is the most important thing our consciousness right and what our consciousness can contribute to society like i was saying earlier but our consciousness might not be that important for one we don't know that anyone is conscious besides us i could be sitting here by myself talking to an audience that's going to listen to us in the future and be the only conscious being on the planet and i will have no idea of understanding that because i think therefore i am but i cannot think therefore you are it's a big Kant argument it's a big philosophy argument because i think therefore i am so let me break that down for people who have never learned the the formation of consciousness or the formation of understanding consciousness is because i can think then i am the reason i know i'm conscious is because i can think therefore i am alive and conscious you can't do that for other beings you especially can't do that for dogs and other humans you could be talking to robots you know for all you know but our consciousness let me get back to this point our consciousness might not be as important as we think it is Consciousness could be a radio frequency that just that we all attune that this specific body can attune to, you know. What if hear me out? Hear me out. You guys are diving, you guys are tackling these ideas with me. Hear me out. What if consciousness is one thing, one massive thing like the universe, and within it there's different sub subsections which are individual consciousnesses, and because of the body you're sitting in that is the radio frequency you turn into, right? But that doesn't mean that along the way, you can't tune into other ones and that's like learning and growing, right? And so by the end of your life, you might be tuned into an entirely different, con- entirely different subsection of that one universe or you might be the same. But what if it's a unified thing? What if consciousness isn't something that's subjective but objective what if it is the greater scheme what if every human being is a basically a radio for the universe think about that for a second what if every single person is just a radio station is just an antenna their brain is just an antenna and their neurons are just an antenna for the universe and whoever you are specifically whatever your atom accumulation is specifically at that given time is what you tune tune into in the universe think about that you you can never disprove that shit i can never prove that shit but what if that's all it is would then that mean that consciousness matters as subjective consciousness matters as much as we think it does i don't think it does I think it means objective consciousness as a thing is more important than subjective consciousness. I would think that my personal consciousness is very, very, very less specific than the objective grander universe consciousness. If universe is one grand thing that everyone tunes into a part of it, then the universe is more important than a person. And I think that's true. Because remember, we're all made out of stardust. And so if, if, if that's the case, that we all are tuning into the universe, right? And we're all just a part of the universe. 
then we don't matter. Right? Some pe- that means that the, or, or, or we can look at it a different way. We all don't matter, right? But we all matter together. That's a dumbass thought. I don't know why I said that. We all don't matter individually, but we matter as a collective. Hmm. If, if consciousness is a thing that's specific to every individual, and maybe animals too, and, and maybe plants, maybe every living thing on earth, and all we are is a connection of the universe in different specific transmissions, then everything is connected and everything only matters together. It's fascinating stuff. Consciousness, I think about it all the time. I was talking to uh, one of my last podcasts. Go check it out. Neil, um, Neil Thompson. Fascinating guy. And we were talking about endless nothingness, right? Like what if at the end of life, there is infinite nothingness? We can't picture that. What is time like for a dead person? We don't know. Is there, there's not time. If there's nothing, there is no time. If there's nothing, there is nothing. We can't fathom that because we live in a time, a time space. Like let's think about X for a second. Or Juice World, Mac Miller, my friends who have passed away. What is experience if there's nothing? There is no experience. But how can we, we've understood experience. So we can't understand not experience, no experience. It's like talking about the moment before you're born or talking about the moment before the Big Bang. We, at some point we were all, we will all die, right? I am extremely afraid of death. I have never said this to anyone ever in my entire life. I'm extremely afraid of death. I... Because I don't know. And I'm a, I hate not knowing things. It's, why I, it's a big reason why I started this podcast. I never finished why I started this podcast or how it changed or anything because I started rambling. But it's a big reason why I started this podcast. I hate not knowing answers to certain things. I, it, death is tricky. You know, it's not just tricky because you can't speak to them anymore when you die or when they die, but it's tricky because we just don't know what happens with this. I can go back to my consciousness argument. If we're just an in a combination or just an individual sub subsection of the transmission of the universe, then where does that, who transmits into that? Like who gets to transmit into that specific subsection after we're gone? Does that subsection of the universe die specifically when you die? You know? Because it takes a while for all your cells. Correct me if I'm wrong, scientist, but I think it takes a while for all the, definitely the bacteria to die on your body after you die. Right? I don't know. Death is 
scary. It's unimaginable. And it's sad. I've lost two grandparents. I've lost two grand, grandfathers and a grandmother. I've lost a friend I knew. I've lost a couple people that I just knew as acquaintances. I've lost two artists that I looked up to. I didn't know them personally, but I looked up to them and I listened to their music. And my grandfather, I'll tell you a story. My grandfather is, was a pastor, but he was a very scientific guy. My mom's dad. He was an atheist growing up, right? He was a math guy. He was a science guy and he was an atheist growing up. And I don't know if this story specifically turned him into a non, a believer, but I know it attributed to it. He was walking one day. His name was Mike. Mike Annis. He was walking one day in Massachusetts. Maybe it was Maine. He lived over there. He went to MIT. I can't remember how old he was, but he was walking on the cement or on the sidewalk. And when right when he got to a corner, um, he heard, Mike! Someone yell his name. And he turned behind him and no one was there. And as he turned behind him, a car whizzed past him like super fast around the corner. And he would have died if he didn't hear his name. And he looked back and there was no one there and the car came right by. And he thought that was God. You know? And that story stuck with me because I'm going through the same period he went through when I was his age, when he was my age. I don't know what happens when I die. I'm a religious person. I believe in God. I pray to God. I talk to God as if he exists because I believe he does. I believe I'm a son of God, but I don't know. These are thoughts that I'm having, right? I'm telling you guys right now. These are thoughts that I have every day of my life. Some nights I stay up four hours just philosophizing about my own death, life itself. What am I here? What is my purpose? Is there even purpose? Things like that. Can purpose, can purpose even matter in a world where subjective consciousness doesn't exist? I gave you a little taste. I didn't give you everything. And I want to talk to him more than anything. I want to just sit there and be like, hey, pop up. Like, I call them pop up. I'm starting to tear up. Be like, hey, uh, I miss you. Um, but I need your help, you know? I need your help. I um I don't know where I'm at in life. And I don't think God's a part of it as much as I want him to. Whew. And I know you went through something similar. And I wish he could just tell me how he changed his mind. You know, I had a dream not too long ago. I'm a very vivid dreamer. I had a dream not too long ago and he was there. And I asked him these questions and he couldn't give me a specific answer. He was like beating around the bush or doing something else, but I was asking him and he wouldn't answer me. And I don't know if that's him visiting me and saying like, I didn't have the answers either, Colin. I just got to keep, it's what the point of faith or it's the point of life is just keep going. Or if that wasn't him and that was just my 
my um can't think of the word my persona of him or my image of him and i don't have the answers and so i couldn't give them to myself but he visited me and i couldn't get the answers out of him and my, i i don't hate myself because i was only 14 but one of the things that i regret most of my life is i was only five when my first grandfather my dad's dad died but I was 14 and 15 when my grandma, my dad's dad, mom and my mom's dad died. And I was close to them, but I wish I was closer. I wish I told them I loved them. I wish I could talk to them. My dad's dad fought in World War II. You mind this? I love history. You remember that? Like, do you, could you imagine the stories that I could learn from him? You know? There's, man. I just want to talk to them. You know, a lot of my friends, not a lot of my friends, some of my friends lost their parents or siblings. And I can't even imagine because it's like, once they're gone, they're gone. And we're all going to be gone one day. Like once your loved one's gone, you can't talk to them anymore. And we take talking for granted so much. Listening. Go back to what I said earlier about how no one listens anymore. Everyone just wants to speak their own truth. Sometimes not even their own truth. Could you imagine how better you would listen? I think I heard this on Midnight Gospel. But could you imagine how much better you'd listen if... Could you imagine how much better you would listen if you knew you had one more day with the loved one that you lost? You wouldn't be worried about work you wouldn't be worried about your dog shitting on the floor. You wouldn't be working about worrying about mowing the lawn or what you had to eat or you'd be worried about them. You would only care about what they had to say and just spending time with them, loving them. We take time for granted, man. We take time so for granted. It's the only thing you can't get back when you die. All right. You can't get anything back when you die, but it's the only thing you can't. It's the only thing that you can't get back. You know, I, I'm very frugal, I would say. I tend to I tend to save my money as much as I can, not spending it. And missing out on experiences more than losing money. And I hate that because my dad told me once, not too long ago, he said, you got to get to a point, Colin, where you don't care about money. He said, money truly is the root of all evil. And I've been really thinking about that for a while now. Because you know how much time we waste and time we let fly by worrying about money, you know? <sighs> I think one of the things that scares me the most in life is the aspect of time and how much and how little I have of it left. I'm only 21. Let's say I live the average life 80. Who knows I will even do that. That's so much. That's not any time. And you got to think about that too. My parents are, my dad's going to be 60 next year. My dad will be 60 next year. My mom will be 55. 
I don't have 59 years with them left. Who knows how long, how long I have left with them? Hopefully 20 plus years. How do I know? You know, I love my girlfriend to death, to death. I love her, but we live in different States. So every time I'm here, I just keep watching the clock. Today is, today is Saturday, June 26th. And I leave in the first week in August. And I sit here every summer and I watch the clock tick and tick. And I feel this immense pressure and this immense almost desire to just hold on to the moment. But you can't hold on to it. It's the only thing you can't hold on to. It's the only thing that keeps moving, keeps changing, keeps going forward. You know, I saw a quote once and it said, um, it's crazy how day by day nothing changes, but when you look back over time, everything is different. I have a beard. <laughs> I have a beard and I weigh 200 pounds and a man bun. Shout out to man bun. Four years ago, I was 130, maybe 140 pounds soaking wet. I mean, I still have acne, as you can see, but I had terrible acne. I had a really long neck. My friends called me Slamingaf, Sloth, Flamingo, Giraffe. And I had a comb over. I don't look like that at all anymore. Like not at all. I'm an entirely different person. And that was only four years ago. Time changes everything. Who knows who I'm going to be in four years? Who knows if I'll be doing this? You know, going back to the podcast, I asked Sal to be on a Zoom call with me and I recorded it and I posted it. And now I have doctors on. <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? I have doctors on. I get countless amounts of views daily. <sighs> like, what the hell? I love it. I love it. I love it to death. I don't want to take it for granted. Sometimes I get a little selfish and I'm thinking, you know, I'm already, I'm growing. But why am I not fucking huge? You know, I get greedy. Why am I not there yet? And I come up to two conclusions. One is my story is going to take a while. You know, I'm here for the long time, not the easy time, you know. My story is going to be so dope at the end when I actually do make it. Now, maybe not with this, maybe with something else, but this is just the beginning. And that excites the fuck out of me, dude. Just knowing that this is the beginning, not the end. Whew, it, it gets me fired up. And it should get you fired up too. If you haven't even started, think about that real quick. Think about that. If you haven't even started yet, and you have this thing you're passionate about, you're going to be passionate about, whoo, dude, I'd pay money to be there again. I have this and I'm grinding and I'm going to keep going and I'm still at the beginning. But if you haven't started yet, you're in, in for a treat. I was going to say another thing that I, the conclusion I come to. Um, oh, I mean, I come to this once in a while. This I don't know if this is the second one, but people, cloud is a drug. 
Clout is a drug. You get a little taste of it and you just want more. Same thing with money. It's a drug. I've gotten a little, I've gotten, I've gotten a little taste of a following and I want more and more. And I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous. And so sometimes I have to take a step back and reevaluate why I'm doing this. And it's to learn and grow. And it's because I can't stop fucking thinking all the time. And all I do is just fucking philosophize in my head and just think all the time. Right. And that's why I'm doing this. I love meeting new people. I love talking to interesting types of people. That's why I'm doing this. It's not because of the people who are listening. That just came with it. That's just coming along, but it's because I want to learn and grow. And I think a lot of people could learn from that. You know, I think a lot of people could realize that you do something because you love it, not because you want the clout. I think on one of J. Cole's albums, I think his last album, there's like, are you doing this for clout? Or are you doing this for doing it? Well, you know, whatever they say at the beginning. And that's important. You know, it's important to, I, I told myself when, once I start doing this podcast, I told myself this. I don't know if I said it on a podcast, but I'm going to now. I told myself once I start doing this podcast for clout or for money, instead of doing it because I love to do it, that's when I'm done. That's when I quit. That'll be it for me. That will be the cap, the cherry on top. Because it's 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 hard work. And I'm the only one doing it for me. But Joe again, as Joe again says, it's just like music. It's just like anything creative. Like everyone can do it. You know? It's just I accidentally did it one day and now I have the Clown of Man's answer show. Funny. Funny how funny back to time. Funny how funny how things work out, right? Funny how I can't believe how things work out sometimes. If you stayed here this long, check out the sponsor for this episode. Me. Cause I'm the only one who puts in any effort for myself. That's not true. I have a lot of great friends, but I have not been sponsored yet. So if you're, if you stayed here this long, you have any, you have any maybe local brands to Las Vegas or, or um, Portland um, that want to be sponsored by the Con of Man's Answer or want to sponsor the Con of Man's Answer show, I'll say at the beginning, middle, or end, wherever they want me to say it in the podcast episode, go ahead and let them give me a shout out. You know, go ahead and let them come to me. You know, go ahead and go ahead and tell them about me. You know, I will, I will gratefully, I will gratefully let you sponsor my podcast. But until then, I'm not saying nobody's fucking brands. I should fucking hold cans like this, like Logan Paul does on Impulsive. For anyone that's listening audio, that was me covering up the name. Back, back to me. You know, that's it. I'm gonna end it right there. I don't know if I can talk anymore. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this little snippet of just me talking. Um, I'm not going to do this very often, but I thought I should give you a little insight into my mind. 
you know? So without further ado, thank you for watching. Um, if you haven't already subscribe to the channel for, um, weekly episodes with interesting different types of guests, subscribe to my YouTube channel, economy and answers and subscribe to my tick or follow my TikTok and Instagram at con demands. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, have a great rest of your day and stay demanding.